Welcome to the Limitless Entrepreneur Podcast, your weekly dose of strategies and mindset tools to build a business in alignment with your purpose and to get you playing a bigger game. I'm your host, Nicole Leno. Hello and welcome to the Limitless Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Leno, and I am here with a special guest today. I am here with Amy La Liberty. She is a trusted profitability advisor to six and seven figure business owners who are tired of being behind their books, behind in their books, and are ready to uncover blind spots, course correct, and ultimately get more profitable. She's a certified life and money coach, and she works with business owners who seek greater confidence and unwavering drive to attract and build wealth in their businesses and their lives. I love that. Hello, Amy. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Nicole? I am wonderful. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's so great to be here. It is wonderful to have you here. And what I love is all the angles that you come at this from, because Mm -hmm. I think that people often separate these. I love that you went life coach. You are certified from the life coach school, which everybody I'm sure is listening to this show probably is a Brooke Castillo fan. Mm -hmm. Um, And you are a CFO. You are a financial coach or a financial expert. And then you are a money mindset you come from the money mindset perspective as well. And then you are also becoming certified in the, tell me what that is again. I, I always screw it up. So you please Mm -hmm. (laughs) rapid transformational therapy, which is, uh, from a Mercer peer. I knew what it was, but I was like, I'm going to screw this up. I'm going to kick this over to her to say it, which, which combines, which combines EFT and hypnosis. Is that sort of Yeah. So it starts with the baseline of hypnosis. So, you know, what we, what we often see is that when we are trying to do things that are unfamiliar to us, we have the resistance because our brains are so wired to be efficient. So um, typically what happens is if we have experienced anything in our life, whether it's like a lack of confidence, um, if you know, we have weight loss issues. So it, it, it spans all the things. Um, there's usually an origin story. And what rapid transformational therapy does is it takes you into a state of um, relaxation, calms your yeah. nervous system. And it then allows you to see your brain sees like, where did the origin story of whatever this thought or belief paradigm that you have, where does it come from? And typically it's just from when you are from uh, your childhood and it can be something just super innocent. It can be trauma, um, but it's really understanding and then reprogramming the the story behind it in order to release you from the shackles of the thoughts and the beliefs that no longer serve you and then take you into a new sense of whole self-concept um, in order to then take the action that you want and to create the life that you that you desire. So I'm curious why I love that because mm-hmm. I think that that is it's obviously 
it speaks to me with, with what I do with the rapid relief method. And like, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. I'm curious why you added this after, you know, you, you have a successful financial business as a, as a virtual CFO, you are a certified life coach. Why were you adding this particular modality to your toolbox? So, so if we look at, you know, the, what I do from like a financial perspective, so things like bookkeeping, profit first, analysis, like pricing strategy, how to scale, all of those. Those are very much like A-line things for the life coach school people. It's it's action-based um, efforts, right? But there's always like the thoughts and the feelings that are driving those actions that are creating the results. And so, you know, we know that circumstances are neutral. We know that thoughts are what create the feelings. And what I have found is that you can, you can do the coaching, you can do all of the reflection on the thoughts and the feelings, but if there is all of the roots of a belief system that you cannot see and you don't know their origin, what I found is that RTT is that really unique modality that helps you get to the source faster because what we want to do is we want to break down this belief structure, this paradigm, and we want to rebuild one. And we can do that just a lot faster and make the progress that we want if we're able to just access the root in the subconscious mind. So let's talk a little bit about what you experience with people. You work with six and seven figure entrepreneurs. These are people who have success, you know, relatively speaking, I think what a lot of people would consider like successful businesses. What do you see come up that you were like, I need to add this because I need them to be able to see the story. I need to, what is it that you see? What's some of the behavior you see that maybe somebody who's listening could say like, Oh, I do that. Or because a lot of times we're not, we're not even aware of the patterns that we are, we are perpetually in mm-hmm. and it's just our way of life. So until somebody points it out or says like, you know, do you do this thing or do you think this way? Or do you notice this about yourself? And we don't really know that it's there. So, so can you give some examples of, of things that you've experienced with your clients? Yeah. So I think that for some of them, um, it comes down to, they have money stories that are rooted. They may have, have, um, faced with some sort of, of money trauma, lowercase T, um, that, um, they might have a successful business, but they might have issues with overspending and they might have issues of afraiding to charge, um, the price that they should be charging. And, um, and that when they hit these major financial milestones, they find themselves, not believing in their capacity to recreate it. So there's all of this mindset that happens and they think it's, oh, I'm going to keep hustling and I'll keep creating it. But we, you and I both know that there's only so much hustle one can do before they hit the stages of burnout. They are faced with some, some medical issues that that is going to just stop them in their tracks from being able to continue to pursue. And so that's where the the coaching and the mindset work comes in because when I do my financial reviews, I mean, I started out doing the finance stuff and then I would just listen to everything like they, they would say and the words that they would use and having been someone who was in self-coaching scholars or the life coach school and understanding the mindset, uh, I knew 
that their mind, like what they thought was creating some of the feelings that are like the scarcity, the negative emotions, rather than coming from a place of empowerment to make decisions, they were coming from negative space. And I knew that if I was able to, to, to get the certifications and then to really understand and study how it all works, that I could marry them together because I, I think it is a duality thing. I think that finance, I think there's a lot of books out there and just experts that talk about like making money and these concepts of like short sell, do this, do that. But really what it points down to is like, that's all logic-based strategy, which is important, a hundred percent important. But what's more important is that money is really emotional. Money is energy. Mm. And if we can really attach into what that is, then like the logic, we've got the logic in place, but the emotional piece, once we have that dialed in, there's just this rapid transformation that happens as a result of it. it it's like the shackles get let off mm-hmm. and you're, you're able to be, and you're able to receive because a lot of times it's like, you know, you keep calling in money, but you've got the door shut mm-hmm. is sort of how I envision a money block. It's like literally blocking and open the door. Um, but it's easier said than done because a lot of us, we might say, um, we might say something like, uh, I, I, one that I hear come up and I have thought this myself is, and I, I catch myself when I have these thoughts now, cause I'm in tune with it and I've worked on myself. But in the beginning, I didn't know what to do with a thought like this. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what to do with a thought. Like, well, if I make more, I'll pay more in taxes and it'll just level off to what I'm doing now. So why bother? It, it's a, kind of an upper limit problem mm-hmm. is what, because if you end up with why bother, then <laughs> if you play out an entire scenario and then end up with, oh, but then I just stay where I am. So why bother? It's not mm-hmm. worth the trouble. It's not worth the expense. It's not worth. Um, so, so what do you take somebody through when you identify a belief like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, the first thing is I try to, to base it from like a logic perspective. And, and the first thing is, is that if you, if you're making more and you have stronger profits, then you are going to pay more tax. And I want to get to the root of why, why that's a problem. Right. So like we, we start to like really start to define that, but then the other piece of it too, is that it becomes I think there's a lot of this like, oh, you have to make all the money, but you keep the money. But when you decide to play small, you're blocking yourself from serving people who are waiting and yearning and need the thing that you have to offer. So if at the end of the day, you're able to grow and expand and do it in a way that's aligned with what your values are and to, you know, because I think the other piece also is that it's not about like, let's make all this money and spend all this time making all this money and not be able to live the lives that we want to find. It's how do you take a holistic approach and make it all work and know, you know, I'm going to make money and I've, I've just decided that I'm going to use profit first and I'm going to put 15% of my income aside. And that's just my money. That's the money that I'm collecting that I'm going to send off to the IRS, to the state, to whatever government entity, um, you know, throughout the world that you're, um, that you pay tax to and that it's not a problem. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's taking ownership 
mm-hmm. over it rather than it owning you is kind of what kind of comes up for me when I hear that. It's, it's, I think some of us feel like we are at the mercy of our money mm-hmm. and at the mercy of the numbers. So we choose not to look at them. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'd like to, you know, you talk about, and I love how you put this, separating your self-worth from your bottom line. Like mm-hmm. you, you aren't your numbers. And can you just talk and expand a little bit on that thought? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So when we think about, when we think about our numbers, they're just, they're just that they're numbers. It's the thoughts that we attach to those numbers that then start to shape our mind. Right. But the other piece of it too, is that everyone, it doesn't matter who you are or anything. Everyone, every human being is, is inherently worthy. You're born with all the confidence, all the worth, everything. And then what happens between the time that you arrive through birth to the time that you leave the earth, you have all these experiences and those begin to shape you, but you always have your worth. You always have confidence. Your brain just simply forgot that it was there. And so when we turn around and we, we decide that we're going to go on this entrepreneurial journey and we're going to make money that when we look at our finances, financials, they are just a number that shows you just how things are going. And there's recommendations for percentages and all of that, but that has nothing to do with you ever, ever. It can be negative. It can be positive. What that is, is just a barometer of like, what do I need to change in the business to make this hit the marks that I, I want them to, to hit? I, I desire this. This is what I want to create. How do I do that? And then you can get into the strategy for that. But at no point ever is that linked to your self-worth. It's just not. It has nothing to do with it. It's just a number. Right. And and the numbers tell a story. Mm-hmm. The numbers tell a story. And, and if you're willing to read that story and analyze it, you know, data is your friend. Data is actually going to tell you exactly how to get out of it more so than the, and I have like a pet peeve with these, but like the $37 product that popped up in your Facebook ad, uh, in your Facebook ads and in your feed, the, the solution is already in front of you somehow. You're just not looking at it. And I think one of the things that, that comes into play is if the answer is in the data and you resist looking at the data, you need to look at that resistance mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and see what's going on there that's keeping you from, because again, it, it's already there for you. The, the, the solution right. is there. Right. Well, and it's really interesting because when, um, you know, people want to scale themselves out of a loss or scale in general, they want to improve their cash flow. It's, it comes down to three different strategies. Number one, you increase your income. Number two, you decrease your expenses. Number three, you do a combination of both. And I recommend the third one because typically it's going to require both. What I see time and time again through my work with Profit First is that a lot of businesses are over 
extended and operating expenses. They have lots of things. There's lots of, of, of weight on that expense side of their financial statement. And it's largely because some of it is they totally forgot that they subscribe to this mm-hmm. software and they're like, oh, I'm still paying for that. So there's just lack of awareness. So back to your point about avoiding the numbers, you're spending money that you have brought into your business through your offer and you're just letting it go back out without consciously deciding that you like the reasons for it to go out, Mm -hmm. right? So um, that, and I think the other thing is, is that I remember a few years ago, I was working with a client and they, um, they said to me, we are the best at what we do. And I believed them because I work you know, my clients are among the best in their industries. Like I know that, like I can feel that I choose my clients, they choose me. Right. And so I'm listening to them and they said, yeah, so we're going to raise our prices 3%. And I just was like, what? And well, that's what everybody else is doing. And I said, but you're, you're the, you're the best. And they said, yeah. I said, well, then why are you charging what everyone else is charging? I said, do you believe in the service that you provide? Do you believe in the experience that you extend to your clients? And they said, 100%. And I said, well, then that needs to be reflected in the prices. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, what do you think? And I, I wanted to tell them one number, but I knew that that was just going to be well outside their comfort zone. So I said to them, you need to raise your prices 10%. And they were like floored. And, and I said, listen, I'm not asking for you to do it today, but... I am asking that you consider it. And they did. Now that was in, I believe that was in either 2018 or 2019. There, they were doing about 2.5 million in revenue. And so that one shift right there created a $250,000 elevation in their revenue just by making that one little adjustment. Mm-hmm. And did they lose anyone? No. Like, did they, did they, did, was there a mass exodus? No, because what we realized was that one of their, their core products, the difference, a 10% increase was $10. Mm. They were hemming and hawing over $10. As soon as they figured that out, they were like, oh yeah, we should totally do that. So I think it's really about like getting it down to a very simple way to kind of get your brain to say, oh, I, I got that. But I think the problem that many business owners face is they are so, they see that any sort of risk in their business will have a direct impact on their personal lives. Mm. And I think that last year, going through the pandemic, if you were a business that had to be closed down, I think that that became like, that felt really real. For sure. For sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that this, this rocked people's worlds, some mm-hmm. in a fabulous way. Like I know myself and a, a lot of other entrepreneurs I know online had the best years we've ever had. Mm-hmm. And, and then some people weren't so lucky if you had a brick and mortar, if you had something that was a little, was location dependent travel, mm-hmm. you know, lots of, lots and lots of um, industries were just really hurt really badly. Um, but I'm, curious, where do you start with somebody? What are the things that you're looking at when you come on and you come on with a client and you're trying to get to know the story beneath the numbers? 
mm-hmm. because there's always a story underneath. I think that's kind of what we're getting to mm-hmm. is that that we are driving the car. And so it's the driver and not the vehicle necessarily. So what are you looking for underneath in that story of, of you know, what the data is telling you? So the first thing is, is that, you know, I'm going to start with like, I have to look at the numbers and I have to create the story because the story that I create is the one that I'm going to tell the client. Because when I am brought on board for the first time, those, uh, my clients haven't had a very holistic observation or story told about their numbers. They look at them as, you know, they want to know like their revenue number, their profit number. And, and that's really, and, and maybe their expense number, but they're coming into it with like, they're really smart, um, intelligent, very successful people, but they just don't have, they don't believe that they have the business acumen in terms of the finances. They didn't get into business to have to be the person running the numbers, right? Mm-hmm. So we we start to paint the picture for that. And then we start to, to start to examine like, okay, where do we want to go? Where do you want to go revenue-wise? Where do you want to go profit-wise? And we, and we looked at the strategy of like, what are you trying to create? What are you trying to achieve? Do you want to add team? Do you want to get your weekends back? Like, what are the goals that we want? Okay, this is what we need to do. And then we start shaping the numbers in order to make that happen. If it's paying down debt, like we have to get really clear on what the priorities are. And I recommend no more than three goals and and, and one overarching goal. That's the one that's like, we're going all in on. And then two sub goals. Um, because what we're going to do is we're going to just start driving ourselves towards that. And then every month, there's a reflection of, okay, what happened? How much closer are we? What changes do we have to make? But there's constant pivoting and changing because when we set goals, we set them based on the information that we have. And mm-hmm. then we have to make some, some shifts and changes based on the information that we received as we get further down. It's kind of like Google Maps. you know, If you're making a long journey... And then you find out that there's an accident and that there's a way, there's an alternative way to go, then you're going to take the alternative way because you just want to get to the destination as fast as possible. So that's what we're doing. We're taking the information we have, we're making the shift and we're doing that. But it's about, I think one of the things that people, they want, there's a rush energy. There's a hurry energy. They just want to get there, right? And what when I sense that, that's when it's like, okay, why are we in such a hurry? Why do we need to get there? What is happening here? And come to find out, it's just that they're feeling the discomfort and it's because they know that there's shifts and everything and they're feeling like a loss of control because they are making these adjustments. They're afraid, like there's all of the work coming up, like all of the feelings are coming up. And that's where like, if you're able to really confront the feelings and let them just be, and then like dissipate through your body, it really then avails, especially for women. I think we are constantly containers, like, like people ask us to carry all their stuff. And when we're just allowed to like, and, and allow ourselves to release all of that, we then find the space to do the shifting that needs to happen. Yeah. And I I guess what I was 
because it all comes down to the thoughts that we're having. And, you know, like what you were saying before, circumstances are neutral. It's just the thoughts and the feelings that we attach Mm -hmm. to the circumstance that are driving the the greater action. So that just kept coming back to me while you were talking about that, because it's the discomfort, it's the feeling, it's the, it's the meaning that we're attaching to the thing. And I think what we do as humans is it's, we want it to come fast because it will validate all of the things, the things we're doing, the things we're feeling, the thing that we want, that we want to bring in. We can say like, I, okay, it's okay for me to have this now. And it, it almost allows us to not do the deeper work. If the thing would just come, then I don't have to deal with all of this stuff because I will be more comfortable. But what actually really ends up happening is we just create the same situation again. And that's the pattern. Mm-hmm. Do you look for patterns as well? Are you looking for evidence of a pattern taking place? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, what tends to happen is a few things. Um, when my clients, like when we were all traveling and attending conferences and all of that, and um, I would always see them come back with, oh my God we're purchased this thing. It's going to be so great. It's going to help us with this, this, and this. And so seeing if somebody does that, and if somebody just likes to consume content and consume education, that's one of those areas where it's like, we have to examine that and understand that, you know, you're welcome to do whatever it is that you want to do. But if this is truly is the reminder of like, this is the destination that we're getting to, you're going to take a pit stop to do this. And if you like your reasons, let's do it. But if, if this is really, if this is just a distraction, then let's just not do that and let's keep going. And so like, you know, for some of my clients, it's anything over a certain amount of money, there's a pause and they have to talk. They have to talk to someone, whether it's me or, or somebody else, not because I'm like the person that grants permission, but because it slows down the buying decision. It gets them outside of the frenzy of having to, um, a feeling like there's this rush energy of like, I have to have this in the, in the impulsivity. Um, especially if we're, if I'm working with someone from profit first, and there's a lot of course correcting that has to get done with the operating expenses. If we're strategically trying to take someone from 75% operating expense to 50%, like we need to be very strategic on how like we are making buying decisions with that money because we are trying to create maximum profitability and and how we're doing that we need to put some constraint on it so it's really about the constraint mhm which is an exercise personally as well because sometimes we're filling a void in us we think it's the external thing that we need and really it's it's we need to it's it's an internal we're looking for an external solution to an internal problem mm-hmm. and and so I, I think that that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs do because it it's scary being out there on your own or seemingly on your own even if you have a small company if you're at the top of it it can feel very lonely and you know there's a lot lot riding on the decisions that you make. So Mm -hmm. the thought that this thing could be the answer to getting whatever it is that you're looking to achieve, you know, that's very enticing and, you know, quite seductive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, so, um, I, I, I love this conversation and I love, I love how holistically 
you look at finances and you look at the business itself. I, I think that that's something that you know we're obviously a big proponents of here on this show, which is that all of this stuff is connected. Your money is connected. Your life is connected. The stories, who you were and the things you experienced when you were five years old are driving the decisions that you make today, whether you realize that or not. Mm -hmm. And I love how you incorporate all of that into your work, because I think that that's so important to truly have success and longevity and sustainability in your business. I think that that's really, really important. So thank you for sharing all of that. You're welcome. Thank you. And is there anything that you would like to leave the listeners with any last, any final thoughts, please tell them where they can keep in touch with you because this was such an interesting conversation. And I know that this is work that, that all entrepreneurs need. They need more focus on their books, on running their business, like a business and getting past that muscle mentality of hustle, 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 Mm -hmm. because that'll get you probably to where you are right now. And Mm -hmm. if you're having trouble and you've plateaued, you need something new and you need to be more strategic. And that's exactly the work that we're talking right now, right now about. So where can they stay in touch with you? Yeah. So my website, myvirtualcfo.co is my online home. Um, And I hang out on Instagram at myvirtualcfo. And if you go to my website, um, myvirtualcfo.co forward slash Facebook, I have a link to a Facebook group where I do weekly lives on all things money. And what I am moving towards talking about on that particular platform is um, I believe that women, more women should be CEOs of their own businesses. I believe that working the nine to five is not the pathway for all. Um, And for those who want to make that shift um, and want to do so in a very intentional way, um, that's a, a great Facebook group for you to hang out in because it's not about like launching the business. It's about creating a very thoughtful meaning exit strategy that addresses all of the drama that if you've ever left the nine to five to start your own business, you're going to confront things like, how do I, um, how do I feel secure when I don't have a steady paycheck? How do I release the identity of the um, academic degrees that I've amassed in order to get to this point? How do I um, foster the relationships that I have with my partner, my kids, my coworkers, because I'm looking to transition out of this, this corporate life? So if you go there, um, we're going to talk about that too. I think that that's, I, I, I love that you bring that up. And I love that you're having that conversation because I, I've talked about it on this show and I talk about it as well, because it's so important when, because I left corporate. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's strange. And I think almost every woman I've talked to, I'm not going to say everyone, because there's probably some exception to every, there's an exception to every rule, but had this shift and this difficulty that I don't, I haven't seen men have as much or as regularly where going from the paycheck to going from, I get paid for the time for punching a clock to, I create money with my worth. I haven't like most women that I know have struggled with that transition. Mm-hmm. And I, 
No, I completely, yeah, no, I completely agree. I'm someone else who has done that. And then also just transitioning and then like the worry and the scarcity, not like you could be completely fine with like the decision, right? And you know that you've got a plan, you've gotten yourself where you are in the nine to five. Um, you're going to be able to do that. And then some, right? Like it's not, this is not a problem, but it's the people around you. If you are in a, if, if your community is um, a community and I mean like family community and like friends and everything are people who are not entrepreneurs, that, that, that is the very definition of like risk. And that is so out there. Um, You know, that's the type of stuff. It's like, you've, you've made this almost like you've reconciled and come to terms with it and you're in you're in belief that it's possible for you but then having to manage everyone else's thoughts about it um you know i think that there's a lot to navigate through there and how you navigate is i think one of the like hardest parts of making the transition definitely and it, right because you're i think women too where there, there's a different shakeup that happens in the family when mom decides to do something for herself where the hours aren't necessarily as lined out. And, and a belief that comes up for a lot of women is, you know, if I'm really successful, I won't be there for my family. I'll be abandoning my family. I, and, and that can be put on us by ourselves, or it can be put on us by the people that are living around us. And, you know, and that changes for everybody. So I love that you're having that conversation. I highly, highly recommend that if you're listening to this podcast right now, and you listened all the way to the end of this episode, you will definitely, it means that you loved what we were sharing and you should absolutely join Amy's group because having a conversation and this is your opportunity to be around like-minded people. This is your opportunity to be surrounding yourself with the type of people who will help you rise rather than the ones who would like to hold you back, not necessarily intentionally, but because they're projecting their own stuff, you're triggering them and they're projecting their stuff onto you and that's holding you back. So I love that you are creating that space online. I'm going to go join myself actually, because I like to be around people like that. Um, So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing everything that, that, that you shared with us, your knowledge and just your perspective, I think is just so needed and so refreshing. Um, thank you so much. And, um, if you are listening still to the end of this episode, I thank you for staying to the end. I thank you for being here with us and remember you are only limited by the limitations that you accept. And when you stop accepting those limitations, that is when you become a limitless entrepreneur. It's that easy. We'll see you in the next episode. If you enjoyed this episode and you want more of this type of content and conversation in your life, please come check out our free Facebook community, Unlock Your Inner CEO, where you'll find next level entrepreneurs just like you. Go to innerceogroup.com to join. I'll see you there.